Blog Talk Radio. entrepreneurial or business owner role, I really didn't know 
how I was going to do it because I only knew the life of working for someone else. I didn't really even know what it meant to work for myself. But one day that time came and I took the plunge or as some might say, the leap of faith and started my own business, all built around the topic that I was most passionate about. And that is leadership. And now that's been over six years ago and the company has grown and I have the opportunity now, and this is this is what's so fascinating. I have the opportunity to work with so many wonderful leaders at wonderful different companies who are interested in learning and growing. And that's the basis really for those companies being able to accomplish their goals. So let me tell you a little bit about the work that I have the opportunity to do. And the first is really consulting with leadership teams on any number of issues around their own leadership styles, um, how they're building their teams, how they're developing their teams, how they're designing and developing their organizations. I have the opportunity to coach them one-on-one. I have the opportunity to facilitate leadership training with their teams so that people in their organizations will understand both themselves as leaders and how to positively influence their teams to growth. And as you know, Felicia, this is really all about getting results in the company, getting results in the organizations that they work in. And it's it's wonderful for me. I, I kind of, you know how um, sometimes puppies like treats. My treats are when I see people's eyes light up and I can tell that they get it and that they learn something new and it's impacting them positively. That is so true. That is, and, and that's a sign of a true leader. You know, if a true yeah. leader believes in investing in other people, they are not, you know, um, someone that's offended by you might, you know, surpass me or anything like that. They get pleasure out mm-hmm. of seeing others grow. That's true. That's true. Because it's, it's all, leadership is about influence. That's kind of the simplest definition of leadership from my friend John Maxwell. And mm-hmm. You're influencing others to grow and to develop because the other thing is leadership isn't really just about me. It's about how I build a relationship with you. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, in that, in that context, you know, I get to talk about how leaders manage conflict, how they build trust, how they uh, solve problems collaboratively, how they learn to communicate and listen better, how they coach and mentor their teams. Um, how they can use their, um, their, their overall presence to communicate more effectively, um, how they decision, make decisions more effectively, how they build creativity more effectively, and the role, the important role of diversity, inclusion, and equality and equity in their work, too. That is so true. It is so true. In fact, today... Um, Fridays is typically our our meetings that I have um, here with our team, and today we had a shorter version of the meeting because we had our own little team-building exercise. It's like, okay, let's let's try to end the year before we go into the holiday season and we're all taking off um, on Mm -hmm. there with a team-building exercise so that we can come back next year all refreshed, totally refreshed and, and ready to go all on the same page. Let's 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 right. clear everything out 
and let's start the year with all of us, you know, being successful because we win together, we lose together, we succeed together, we fail together, we laugh together, we cry together, you know, and so and, and realizing it's not about an individual, it's about all of us collectively together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, that, and, and if you're in the business world and, and, like I say, you're in business and you're working with other people, you, you have to have that mentality. Um, and, and identify other leaders on your team. And yes, being willing to think develop of, them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think of, you know, when any one of you might be absent for some reason. Is the rest of the team prepared to pitch in and take over and still keep things going smoothly? That's the sign of a, a, of a truly cohesive team where um, you as a leader have invested in each of them and, and developed them. Absolutely. It is. It is. And, and, and they know, you know, we, one of the primary things that we talked about um, today is making, making sure that we remain vulnerable. That we're vulnerable, yes. we're able and feel capable enough to, to say, you know what, I'm not so sure I'm confident in this, mm-hmm. or I'm not so sure mm-hmm. that, you know, but what I'm, I'm about to do is okay, or I can't do it, I don't know how to do it, you know, on there, or I made a mistake. I mean, I did a training yesterday with the team on the very same thing. It took 25 minutes for this person to say that they messed up. Mm-hmm. And where it's like, okay. Everybody else knew that, but why didn't you not feel comfortable enough to actually say that? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Two things on that. One is when we are vulnerable, that's when we're open to learning. And we can't be vulnerable with our team if trust isn't present. Exactly. So you've got to dig in and find out what's happening, what are, the, what are the nuances that are going on that trust isn't present in that team. That is so, and that's exactly where we start. We started with trust and then dove right into the vulnerability area because, you know, when, and, and this was something that I don't think most people realize is that, no, because we're human, we're always going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's what you do when you make that mistake or do something wrong that determines everything about you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, That's how correct. you handle that. You know, and, and, and mm-hmm. we can have customers and all of that stuff. Everybody is forgiving when you come to them and let them know, you know what, I did not handle that well, but this is the correct way. Mm-hmm. You bring them the solution. You know, mm-hmm. everybody is okay with that. You're going to have some people that just feel like, you know, they're going to get upset anyway because that's who they are. They don't realize that the most successful people there are, they fail more times than they succeeded, and that's how that's they right. got to be where they're at. Um, those right. are just people that are constantly, they're in that developmental mode, and they don't know that this is something that they need, that they need to make themselves vulnerable. They need to make sure that they understand they're human and other people are human. And so errors are going to take place, but it's what we do with that error makes all the difference. That's right. And and there's a saying, fail forward. 
Exactly. You know? And so that means we, we will we will all fail at things, but it's but like you said, it's what we do with it. If we learn from it, we can take the right step forward. Mhm. That is so true. If we can learn from it, and 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 knowing that it it helps build our character. Yes. When we are able to make ourselves vulnerable and on there, it's like you, you are, you're practicing character building right now. And not only that, right. relationship building. That's right. Because then as a leader, when you see your leader admit mistakes, mm-hmm. then the team is more willing to, to admit their mistakes and learn from it. The, te- the leader models that behavior. Exactly. Exactly. And, and recognizing, I mean, I, I told my team today, it's like, man, I went like, man, I feel like, oh, Felicia, you really messed that up. And I'm like, I'm able to laugh at it. You know, and they're like, that was yeah. really, yeah. really crazy. Yeah. You know, and you move on, but you learn from it. I can't say it's crazy unless I learn from it. That's right. And so... You know, and, and if you, you know, if you take the standpoint, there are some, and I share it with them, there are some when we, I, we do these trainings, there are some that feel like, okay, wait, that's incompetence. You mess up. And it's like, no, you're human. That's yeah. not incompetence. That's correct. Incompetence comes into that's the right. place where you make the mistake and you want to live in the mistake and you don't want to do anything about the mistake. That's correct. That's that's where the problem lies, when you just want to mm-hmm. stay there and, and, and pretend that something you did wrong is correct. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously not working. Right. But it's, or but you don't want to take accountability for it. That's right. That's right. And learning organizations are always trying to do something more, trying to do something better, uh, reaching mm-hmm. forward to do something that they may not quite even be capable of yet, but they're going to learn in the process and get it done. That's a learning organization, and that's really where you want to be. It is. You really want to be in, in, in a learning organization that they're constantly moving forward, they're constantly trying to be innovative, and they're constantly trying to, you know, basically take a look at what their customer or whoever internal or external customer needs are going to be. So you're trying to yeah. project what those are and make sure that you're there to provide those things for them. That's everything. That's correct. That, that is, is absolutely correct. everything. So now, how? what are some of the tips that you can give us on being more authentic with developing oh. our an authentic presence? Yes. So such a huge topic. And um, I, I, I don't think I mentioned it yet, but so every, every month I write a newsletter on a leadership topic and provide some leadership insight to uh, my colleagues and, and those who follow me. And I must admit that I get an inspiration um, every month as I'm about to write it just by uh, experiences, things that I see going on around me, maybe something that I read, uh, maybe something even on the news. And so my my most recent inspiration was around authentic presence because I happened to have a number of conversations with people who were, shall I say, struggling with the concept of 
how to display a professional presence that reflected their authentic self. And so if you can imagine, um, particularly in the corporate environments that uh, you and I are both in, Felicia, uh, people there of all uh, generations, whether it's the baby boomers, the millennials, the Gen Xs, Ys, even Zs coming in, um, people are struggling with how can I be true to me but at the same time understanding what this organization wants and how they want me to show up and is that really aligned with where I am? And uh, I've, I've been around, you know, several, several decades now. So I've seen it go from very, very, very conservative organizations where, quite frankly, no one asked you what you wanted to look like. They simply said, this is the uh, unofficial uniform and this is how you should look. So it's, we've gone from that spectrum to the spectrum of what I call bringing your whole self to work, but people still don't quite know what that means. And what we see is some people who want to show up at work in a way that does not help them really achieve their professional goals, okay? And in some cases, they may not quite get the connection of why it's not working. Now, sometimes that means uh, how do I show up with greater confidence, um, which, which really is as people greet me, as they interact with me, making sure that I'm able to convey to them that I'm very capable in what I'm doing. And sometimes where we struggle is in our bodily posture. Uh, we might struggle in terms of is there something about our appearance that conflicts with the values of the person that we're working with? Uh, we might struggle uh, in the context of our communication style. Um, maybe it's our behaviors. Just a whole variety of things. Uh, I, one of the examples, and I observed this recently, I was um, with a, a relative who unfortunately was uh, in the hospital with a, a very, very serious diagnosis. And one uh, female physician came in and greeted this relative. And uh, you could tell the physician was trying to be uh, authentic in terms of conveying empathy, but it was really very plastic. It, it, there was still a barrier between this physician and the patient. She was doing, quote, unquote, all the things she had been told to do but she wasn't being effective. So she hadn't found her authentic way of conveying empathy. A little uh -huh. later, a different physician came in, you know, sat close to the bed, um, told personal stories. This physician really did connect with the patient, and it made just all the difference in the world in the context of the patient really feeling like this person cares about me. Um, this person is reaching out to find something that we have in common, some way to connect us. And it's, it's a subtle difference, but it's a huge difference in terms of being effective in the role that you have. Okay. And so these are the types of things that I see people challenged with. Great. And it is such a huge need, you know, at, at this point in time because there are so many people that, you know, they struggle with, how do I remain true to myself? Yes. And, yes. Yes. you know, it's, it's, it's something that unless you have 
a strong moral compass, mm -hmm. some of them will, you know, they will step over and adopt something that's outside of them, and now, you know, they begin to act out in so many other ways. That's true. And it's not um, healthy. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's, it's obvious to others that they are not being authentic, they're not being genuine. And uh, sometimes people say, well, if I act like that person over there, I'll have the influence that that person over there has. Mm -hmm. But you just, you just cannot copy styles like that. It's, it's, it's just not that easy. It, and really what it is is, and, and this is you know, one of the things that I tell people, you have to know your own values. You have to know what is important to you in the context of your professional work experience. Um, you have to know the environment where you feel challenged and appreciated. And uh, when you, uh, you know, you, when you talk about a moral, a strong moral compass, when you know your own values and those things that you're not going to compromise on, it also helps you make some better decisions about where you're going. And, and again, how you want to appear on a daily basis, what, what you look like and how you want to present yourself, whatever that is. And then the second thing I tell people is know your professional goals. So, you know, whatever type of work you're doing, you have a goal to grow in that space. And so you need to know your goal so that you can make the decisions on what's necessary to attain it. Um, you know, how, how you want to increase your expertise, how you want to build your network, how you want to get increased uh, responsibility and make a bigger impact. And then the third one is how do you respect your organization's cultural norms? So mm -hmm. every organization, and, and I, I love it when, you know, you have these organizations that, that say, you know, from a attire standpoint, dress for your day, <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. which, you know, says everything and nothing all together, all right? Exactly. Because the reality is in every organization there is a norm of how people should appear. And I don't care if it's, you know, the hoodies at Facebook or, you know, the dark blue suits on Wall Street or whatever, Okay. There is a norm in every organization, and so you have to pay attention and understand uh, what people are doing and how they're appearing and how they're presenting themselves and how they're, um, what, what their posture is even. You have to pay attention to that. And if you want to get ahead in that organization, so you know your professional goal is uh, I want to you know, increase my career in this particular organization, in this particular industry, Okay. So I need to pay attention to what's going on here, and I need to respect it and find a way to blend in with it, even with your own personal style, okay? That's, that's what you have to do to move, to move ahead. So I don't care if you're in, like, the music industry, which has its own different style, or in investment banking, or, or what. Know where you are and know what you need to do to respect your organization's norms and do it in the way that's authentic to you to get ahead. So, you know, a flashback to me growing up in corporate America, I will admit I wasn't crazy about the, you know, way back then, the, the dark suits and, 
and the white blouses. And, you know, for women, sometimes it was kind of like a little floppy tie or something. But I found a way to, to, to have a wardrobe that blended in with it but didn't look ultra conservative. And so I felt good about what I was doing. Um, I felt like it reflected my values, but it wasn't as ultra conservative as some took it to be. But it worked for me still, okay? And it was, you know, something that only I could pull off uniquely for me. Nobody else could be me, but I could do it and still advance my career in that organization and show that I respected their norms. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the important part is making sure, you know, whatever organization you're working with or that you join, um, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully before you join the organization, you learn something about the organization that um, and what true. they're doing. And that part of your research, you know, and everything there, because when you do accept the employment, you're accepting the culture. That is true. You can't go in and expect, well, I'm going to change it and I can still do what I want to in here because I'm me or I'm so good. No, you can't do that. Exactly. No, you can. You yeah. absolutely positively cannot do that. Um, and and you have to, to, to say, okay, this either aligns with my moral compass or it does not align with my moral compass. If it does mm-hmm. not align with your moral compass and in the direction you want to take your life, then you need to do the employer and yourself a favor by That's recognizing right. at-will employment and exercise your right to leave the organization. And it's not being mean or cruel in saying that. It's saying, no, be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Some people like more formal organizations, whether it's mm-hmm. in attire as well as communication styles and um, how you know people make decisions. Some people like a more formal organization. Other people like organizations that are much more casual. Again, casual in their attire, Um, you know, bring your dog to work, Um, you know, everybody knows the CEO and interacts with the CEO, everybody gets to make a decision on something or whatever. But the point is you need to know where you are on that spectrum. And, yes, interview the same company that's interviewing you. An interview is a two-way street so that you can decide, is this this an environment I can be comfortable in based on what their norms are and their style versus my own norms and style. Mm-hmm. That is so very true. And and to recognize, you know, and, and one of the things that I try to, you know, encourage those that, you know, we're helping or assisting from an HR standpoint on there or, or in, is letting them know that every day should be a learning opportunity. Yeah. And what you put into that learning opportunity is what you get out. If you close yourself off and and say, oh, I don't need to look at that or listen to that or automatically know that, now you just shut yourself off because it could just be a small little thing that mm-hmm. you pick up that it can make all the difference. And so it's not a waste of your time. It's not beneath you to just listen. You can always learn something, and if you can't learn from it, then it's a refresher. Yes, absolutely. So the, you know, the other but, thing is, 
is how can you help others learn from your experiences? So, you know, you probably have this uh, just like I do. I might be facilitating a group around a particular topic and helping them learn. And it's not that every single person in the room needs to learn at the same level. There may be some people in the room who already know it and understand it. But so use your experiences to help the rest of the group learn what you've learned. Okay? Because experience is, is the best so teacher. True. That is so true. And and being open to share your experience because it, it is. Experience is the best teacher because some people, you know, they look at some individuals like, oh, my God, you know so much. But you have to look at their entire career and their life over a totality to see yes. and experience yes. all the things that they have, you know, done to be able to, to have all of that knowledge. You know, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that behind the scenes, you don't know what type of an investment they're making in themselves because that's one huge one thing I'm very huge about you have to be willing to invest in yourself before you ask someone else sure. to invest in. Sure, absolutely. So, and, and, and one point about that, to, to invest in yourself, you have to be self-aware and have a good capacity for self-reflection. You do. You really because do. Because without that, yeah, without that, you aren't sure where you need to grow and you're not even open to growth. I mean, unfortunately, you may think that you've arrived at some level when you really haven't and you're closing yourself off to learning opportunities. But if you're self-aware, you're constantly looking at how did I do here? How did I perform there? How did I communicate uh, with this other person? What do I need to, to do to improve in this other area? How am I constantly growing? That is so true. And then you, you'll look at, you know, you'll be looking at someone else, and basically you're, you're it's like, well, why do they do this? Well, why do they do Well, why, how can they do this? Well, you don't know mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Are they investing in themselves? Is that why they're excelling? That's right. That's right. You know, what are you doing? I mean, I can look over my own career and say, man, I did this without even going to the company or asking them, I got involved in this, I got involved in this, I got involved in this. And, you know, all of that was on my own to build myself up, make myself a valuable player in the industry. And so you you have to look at, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so What are you doing to advance yourself, you know, in your own field? Yes, yes. You did that, Felicia, because you had a value around learning. Okay, Mm -hmm. know your values. You had a value around learning and around growth and around being continually self-aware. And then you had professional goals to grow in your industry. And you took the steps respecting your organization's cultural norms to do that. Correct, correct. Yeah, you do. And and you just have to, you know, it's it's a long haul, but before you know it, it, it pays dividends. It mm-hmm. really pays very good dividends. And so when, when, you, when you do that and knowing that what you 
do for yourself and when you, you're in a learning environment, what you learn, no one can take that away from you ever. That's right. That's right. You know, it, it's funny. I was training a group a couple of weeks ago um, at a client company, and at the end of uh, really three days of training, I said to them, no one can take away from you what you have learned here, all mm-hmm. right? So, you know, people can change companies and, and all like that, but the investment that your company has made in you, you get to keep no matter what you do. So that's what makes it so much more valuable, all right? They've invested it in you, given you things that you can take with you wherever you go, although certainly we want you to stay where, where you are. But you, mm-hmm. you can keep that and continue to grow on it, and it's up to you what you do with it. It really is. And it, it, I say the same thing. In fact, I start out by trying to keep them engaged that way and letting them know the company took the first step in investing in you by providing the training, but now it's time for you to invest in you and to realize, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. your relationship with the company stays awesome and you're still here. But if it's not, take this opportunity to make yourself more valuable. Invest in yourself. Because what you put into it is what you get out. That's right. That's right. You know, and so that's what makes it such a a wonderful side um, of of recognizing that we all have value. And it's up to you to, you know, recognize your own value and your own contributions that you're able to make. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and part of that is knowing your values. It 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 does take time and observation of yourself over a period of time. But it's, oh, yeah. it's knowing it's knowing your value in terms of what am I good at? What do I excel in? Um, how do I communicate with people in a way that's really effective? So I might see different people use different communication styles, but when I use this particular communication style. I find that I am very effective with people, okay? When I show up in, in, a way, in a particular way that I look, I find that I get more done with people. Um, when I uh, use a certain bodily posture just in terms of my presence, I find that I get further with people. So it's, it's really uh, t- tuning in and honing in and knowing yourself and knowing what style about you is most effective with others in terms of building relationships, in terms of being uh, having greater influence with others, convincing others about a particular point of view, engaging others in discussion, everything. You've got to be very, very self-aware of everything you're doing. You do. That That is an, oh, that is such an important point because if you don't know you, you're you're in trouble, and if you if you mm-hmm. if you're one of those individuals that okay, I'm just going to tell people what I think they want to hear. You're not being true to yourself. That's what right. is it that you want? Where are you at? And where is your voice? Mm-hmm. Find out who you are. Yes, there's nobody that's perfect. Everybody has to work on their personality because everybody has pros and cons to their personality that they have to work on. And in the areas that they're good at, they want to get better. 
Mm -hmm. So you're constantly working on yourself, but you can't work on yourself if you're constantly trying to please other people. That's right. I'm just going to say what I think they want me to hear. I'm just going to, it's like, no, you're you're not being true to you. Be you. Let's Mm -hmm. get to know Mm -hmm. who you are. Mm -hmm. Start Mm -hmm. because you can't celebrate you unless you know you. That's right. So one of the stories I tell in my trainings is um, several decades ago, I uh, took an assignment in a particular area of the company that I needed to have, uh, you know, to, you know, kind of check the box and, and, and have that experience before I moved on to the next thing. And quite frankly, it was a, a particular role that I avoided for as long as I could because I didn't think it really fit me, and it didn't fit me, but it was one of those assignments I still needed to have to have that learning experience. So I finally took a deep breath and, you know, kind of walked through the door of that assignment and say, okay, I'm going to do it, and I'll be in this role for about two years. So the, the requirements for that role were not consistent with my authentic presence. Just, they just were not consistent. But what I had to do is, again, know my values. There were certain ways I was not going to behave. There were certain things I was not going to say to people. Um, There were certain styles that I was not going to adopt. But I had to find something else so that in that environment I could command people's attention and let people know I was serious and I meant business but I wasn't going to go as far as they were going. I wasn't going to do the things that they were doing because it simply was not me. It was not authentically me in terms of my presence, okay? Now, everybody kind of knew it because, you know, if you get to know me, you can kind of figure that out. But I had to make some adjustments just for a period of time, still be true to my values and not go any further than, you know, a a certain line that I drew in the sand, but find a way in that environment to still be somewhat authentic to me, respect, respect the values of that and the norms of that part of the organization until finally I completed the assignment and moved on to the next thing. So that's also an example that there are always those times where you're going to have to stretch and find new ways, I'll say, to be your authentic self. But that doesn't mean that you, you know, put all that authenticity on the back burner either. You don't. That's so true. That is so true. So I, we've talked so much. I'm like, oh, my God, we're past our halfway point. I usually do a recap. So we'll do a okay. quick recap. But first, I want people to know how do they contact you to help them with this and other coaching oh, and training and leadership development and all of that because those are things that are greatly needed in every organization. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you for asking. So my uh, email address is Priscilla at PriscillaArchangel.com, and I'll spell it P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A at P-R-I-S-C-I-L-L-A A-R-C-H-A-N-G-E-L dot com. Uh, my website also is PriscillaArchangel.com. 
um, feel free to send me an email. Feel free to uh, check me out on my website as well as I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Twitter, and uh, my handle on Twitter is Pris Archangel, P-R-I-S-C, wait, P-R-I-S-A-R-C-H-A-N-G-E-L. And uh, I'd love to love to get to know people. And, and the other thing is I also recognize the importance of having the right connection with someone that you may work with as a coach or as a consultant. So I, I like to uh, offer prospective clients just an opportunity just to sit down and let's get to know one another and uh, determine if there is really the right chemistry and the right fit for us to work together. Uh, I believe that we all uh, have different clients that will work most effectively with us, and it's important to find the right match between a client and a consultant when you're working together. So thank you for that opportunity to share.